but it just what amazing win just the guys rallied together Malik Monk just completely went like nuclear in that freaking fourth quarter fourth quarter and double overtime um just an autumn like an amazing win like for the past 16 years I don't think we've ever seen that Kings team like do a win like that no, we, we have to earn their trust. We yep. have to earn their time to actually watch us. And it's not going to happen until the playoffs. Or if you're lacking in it. So after the Clippers game, I think the Kings are extremely confident in the team that they have, the players they have around them. So as for what comes of the last, like, how many games we have, I just, I just think we just need to play together. That's the number one thing. You want to think about our tradition as a franchise. Our tradition is having a great big man, great point guard, high scoring point guard, unselfish basketball. A Murray miracle in the desert. He's got the bucket. Purple laser beam. I'd rather get W's and get checks. Welcome to the Beam Unit Podcast, everyone. This is episode number six. I'm your co-host, The Daily Sabonis, joined by my co-host, my other co-host, um, Naima. What's up, y'all? What's up? And Elizabeth in my bed. Go ahead, Elizabeth. Say hello. What's going on, guys? Elizabeth, uh, I forgot to add their their nicknames. Elizabeth is the terminator of Twitter spaces because she could be found all sorts of hours of the night, talking basketball in random spaces. And Naima is the Yukon Don, self-explanatory. Um, nine times out of ten, you'll see her promoting Yukon, standing Yukon on Twitter. Uh, it's a, an amazing thing. I don't know about you ladies, but I'm still reveling in that double overtime win. Um, what an incredible game. Yeah, I think like we will for a long time I mean that was just such a great win um you know I think too like people have said it you know like obviously being at home would have been awesome but I think being on the road for that kind of game made it even sweeter for some reason um just the fact that like you know they take over you know crypto or whatever the hell they call it now um just like taking over that with the like the beam chance and just like putting on the show and especially like after coming off of a back-to-back, you know, against Portland, like thankfully they got a little bit of rest at the end, but it just what amazing win. Just the guys rallied together. Malik Monk just completely went like nuclear in that freaking fourth quarter, fourth quarter and double overtime. Um, just an autumn, like an amazing win. Like for the past 16 years, I don't think we've ever seen that Kings team like do a win like that, like a special win like that. And that was just obviously like such a special win for the whole team. So yeah, I'm still stoked about it. I could still run through probably a good couple walls for it. Yeah, that was an incredible game. Like I've watched literally thousands of basketball games um, over the years. And it's like, that was just something special to see, like from both teams, like the shot making was insane. (laughs) Like I've, like I said, I've watched so many games and to see that, like execute it at such a high level and the Kings like pull out the win like that. Like, I don't know if you guys um, realize, but the, in the last two minutes of the double OT in the second OT, the Kings actually went on a seven Oh run to win the game. 
Um, so that was really cool to see that for the Kings. Usually it's us like folding. So like this team is like growing up in front of like our own eyes. And it's just really great to see Fox doing Fox things and Monk stepping up. And one of my favorite things about Monk is I remember he had a bad game earlier in the season and he like owned up to it. And I feel like we haven't really seen that with like Sacramento Kings players. So I'm just very excited to see where this team goes and what they're able to do. Um, like how are they going to finish the season? So yeah, it was a great, great win. Well, I think and too, I know, like, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Daly. I think too, like, I mean, we finished the game on like whatever amount of run because they were down like what fourteen points with like three, you know, three minutes and something seconds left. And then the first overtime, I think they got down by six, went on a run to tie it, going to second overtime, and then the th- you know the second overtime, they obviously went on the seven zero run to finish out and win. It just shows like how much growth this team has had in like a short amount of time. I don't think people realize like how important it is because I don't, you know, not many people had expectations as this team was going to do what they were going to do this season with it being a new coach, a new system, new players. But the fact that they've responded and bought into Mike Brown and his system so quickly and just doing it at such a high level, especially being, you know, the like number one offensive rating in NBA history is just like crazy to me that this team has just like taken you know, like a huge stride. Like I'm so proud of this team and what they've done. And it's just so fun being able to watch good and competitive basketball, you know, compared to past seasons. And the idea, the silly idea of saying that there was no defense played in that game, just because some people may have looked at the box score and saw all the points. And it's like, all you need to do, if you don't want to watch the game, just look at the shot charts. The shot charts will show you mid range shots, Three-pointers all across the board, it's spread out. That's not poor defense. That's just people having unreal performances, um, shooting from everywhere at all three levels. Yeah, Um, I mean, you can't not play, you know, like you're down 13 points or 14 points, whatever it was, with three minutes left. Like, and you get back in the game and tie it to go to overtime. Like, obviously, there's defense being played. And I saw someone, too, tweeted out. Someone had tweeted out something about their breakdown of, like, our defensive rating per quarter. And it's like, the amount like that we go from like the first quarter to the fourth quarter in rating is just like crazy because I'm like, this team can play defense and they can turn it up at a high level at a certain point. They just need to do it consistently and through the whole game, which would be nice, obviously, but their offense just like takes over the game. Like we haven't seen a great offense like this, you know, from this team since obviously the early two thousands, but even back then, like the three point shooting wasn't obviously at such a high rate as it is now. So mm-hmm. it's just insane like what this team is doing on the offensive end. But when they really want to turn it up on the defensive end, like it is crazy. Like Fox, that like later in the fourth quarter and overtime, like his defense was just absolutely just yeah. clutch. And he's just doing great things on the defensive end. And I think people are taking that for granted. You don't have, you don't create four turnovers in a row playing bad defense. You can't have bad defense having Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on your team if you're the Clippers. It's impossible. So, yeah, and shout out to Ben Taylor for releasing that YouTube video where he examines the game and talks about how the offense has changed in the NBA and how there was defense being played. He literally squeezes in uh, two books spaced out in the mid-range theory almost in one video. He almost like says everything that you need to extract from those books into one video, and it's an incredible piece. If you haven't seen it, highly recommended. Um yeah, it's such a good game. I, I could probably watch that five more times and, and pick out new things every time. 
from both teams that they did great. Yeah, like the for example, like the Clippers at one point, I think they shot twenty four of thirty six from three. They were just making it at such a like Kawhi was unconscious. That man was, you know, hitting. I think he was like fourteen to sixteen for the game, and a lot of them were actually from three. And like the Kings were contesting those threes as well. Uh, I know some were wide open. Like I, uh, Batum had a few wide open threes, but it was like even then, it's like not everyone makes a wide open shot. So. Uh, the Clippers, like, I'm surprised we were able to, like, withstand that in the end. Like, Fox came up big at the end of the fourth quarter um, to to erase that 13-point deficit, too, by just playing, like, fantastic defense, getting some steals. But, yeah, it was just overall that game is definitely going to be one I watch over the years and just go back to. Um, and it's nice knowing that the Kings actually won that game, too, so... Well, you remember uh, that Charlotte Hornets game, and this is during Luke Walton's last season, I think, last season, when they came in, oh, and then we, we went nuclear, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and then we won by 30 or 40. It was basically two teams having an ultra-nuclear night, and that's what it was, and that doesn't happen all the time. Yeah, it doesn't. Usually <laughs> when one team is, is super-nuclear, the other team just gets wiped out, and it's a blowout. Yeah. But the fact that both teams went hot at the right time, yeah. incredible. So, yeah, unforgettable, unforgettable game. Um, I, know, I know the NBA was kicking themselves knowing that they didn't put that game on TV. I just know it. Because the very next day, they had it on NBA TV. <laughs> so, yeah. And I, and I hope people turn, tuned in. And so... That started the four-game winning streak, or actually that was the second game of the four-game winning streak. Um, I think it's incredible that we beat the Thunder twice. I think that's hard to do. Even though they do have a somewhat of a losing record, I think they're only one or two games below 500. They're still a formidable team, and we beat them twice on the road. So I think that is another, and I know some people don't like saying it, but that's another barometer type of game to let you know that this team is ramping up for the playoffs. Yeah, like beating teams that we should, we are supposed to beat. Because um, it seems like in the beginning of the season, um, we were losing to teams that we should, like the, we, I believe it was the Wizards and we lost to the Charlotte as well at home. Um, so it's good to see like they took care of business also on the road as well. Because OKC, um, I actually enjoy, I'm not going to lie, I enjoy watching o- OKC play. Um, they're a young team. I'm always rooting for the youngins. Uh, and they play some beautiful offensive uh, basketball. It's just towards the end you could see that their um, ex- lack of experience, per se, was in play because they like turned over the ball and the Kings kind of like were like, okay, well, that game that's a game right there um, because they ended up – wait, they didn't actually turn over the ball. They almost turned over the ball, and then that killed the time, and it was like, oh, game over. It's a six-point lead. The Kings are going to win, so – um, they're gonna definitely gonna be fun to watch. I forget his name. Was it Williams number three? They had like two Williams on that team, but he was like he he was really a joy to watch those two games because honestly I haven't watched OKC this season at all unless it was on TV or um, they were playing against the Kings. So it's just they're a young fun team. So it's yeah, I'm glad the Kings got the win though. Absolutely, I just love the fact too that. You know, we get this all-star break. We have four guys competing in all-star weekend. And 
you know, people are still talking about the trade deadline. Monty should have made a move because, you know, the couple games before the um, All-Star weekend, you know, that we lost, everyone's like, oh, you know, we should have made a trade. You know, we're dropping, we're dropping to the play-in and all this crazy crap. Like, we've been in the third seed now, I want to say for two months at least. Like, we've been in that third seed. And that's just what's crazy to me is that people are doubting this team so hard and, like, the hate is so real against this team like that people really and even it's not just from outsiders it's from you know the own fans and this fan base that are saying like you know oh Monty you know Monty not making a move that's you know stupid and we're gonna drop to this and drop to that it's like they just came out of the all-star break on a four-game win streak enjoy it embrace it like these other teams that you know so-called you know like Kyrie and Luca on the Mavs like they were on like a you know one in five game stretch where they lost like you know one out or they only won one game out of five like that's insane to me like they won tonight but yeah these teams like on paper, they're great but they have to put it together and actually win they you know just because on paper they look good they actually still have to go out there and compete and win these games so it's just crazy to me that people are doubting sacramento so hard it's like we have that team chemistry we've been playing together since day one and we have the same coach and we have the same system so they're just building and building and building upon it and that's probably an advantage that this team has, and it's been showing, and especially now after them getting that little bit of rest. Like, these guys are coming out hungry, and Fox has just been on an absolute tear lately. Seven games with 30 or more points is just insane to me. Like, he is just doing, and he's not even shooting three at a high rate. It is like the mid-range. It is driving in, and he's playing defense at a high rate. Like, the things he's doing right now, just as laughable to me that there used to be people who doubted this man and hated this man and wanted to trade this man and keep Tyrese over this man like I'm sorry I love Tyrese you cannot deny that De'Aaron Fox is way better than Tyrese Halbert you can't deny it so it's just incredible that De'Aaron Fox is that guy I'm happy that the team stuck with him and you know what like all the haters that constantly they're dead now don't hear them they're hiding like snakes in the grass because they know that they were wrong and that all the Fox supporters were 100% right. I can feel your blood boiling right now. And I want to thank <laughs> I you. About, I was about to say, my goodness, Liz. Like, wow. I agree with it, everything. <laughs> it does. Because, you know, no, I get I agree. it. I absolutely agree. You have to put a team around people. Like, he yeah. can't just be a one-man show. And even through his struggles in previous seasons, he was still doing things efficiently. Obviously, exactly. like he's turned up 100 times more this season but now he has the things around him needing to do so like we can still win obviously we can you know we won without fox on tuesday but it's just insane to me that like they never gave this man credit for the things he was doing with what he had around him the coaching the other players around him like we have not had this kind of shooting in a team and i don't know how when we've literally like buddy healed was like our only consistent shooter for the past however many years so it's like insane to me people just like hated on fox so much it's like how could you hate on a guy so much who's trying to give his all to a city and who was loyal to a city like he could have been mm-hmm. that guy that said you know what i'm done i want out Absolutely. trade me get rid of me i don't want to be here but he's bought in and like him and his wife like they love sacramento and i truly believe like if they can sustain a winning culture and be winning for a long time i truly believe if all the things go right and money and stuff like that Fox would want to retire Sacramento King. I truly 100% believe that. Well, if we do win the chip, and I was thinking about this this morning, 
it would be like the Bucks winning the chip, where it's like they won it with their drafted talent. You know what I mean? They won it mm-hmm. with their draft pick, De'Aaron Fox. They won it with another draft pick, Keegan Murray. They won it with um, a Davion Mitchell. And, and that's a beautiful thing. I would hate, I mean, I don't care. A ring is a ring, right? But there's something more romantic about winning championships with your drafted players. I agree. Oh, exactly. I totally agree with that because um, I wanted to respond to the first part you were talking about, Liz. I think it's because people are so used to the Kings losing that like they see them now and they're like, oh, this is just like a one hit wonder. It happens all the time in the sports world where one team is like so bad the earlier season and then they suddenly turn it around. Um, and then people are just like not gonna believe in that team and go like ah it's the Sacramento Kings like what do, they're not they're they're not gonna do well like they're just gonna do well in the um, regular season and then like lose in the first uh, round which is to say that when the Kings haven't made the playoffs we all know in 16 years is just crazy to me because yeah exactly their first goal with this team is first make the playoffs and then what we and see what we can do after that. Um, I always make it about the WNBA because I'm a all I do is you know watch the women's game in WNBA. But from from a perspective of watching the same thing happen to a team where the Minnesota Lynx were literally the laughing stock <laughs> of the WNBA in the early 2000s, late two thousand like from basically from 2003 to 2010, um, the Lynx were a losing um, franchise, a losing organization, and then we drafted some players like Simone Augustus in 2006. Um, six, and then uh, drafted Maya in 2011 after, again, we had a losing season in 2010, then drafted for Lindsey Whalen in 2010. Uh, sorry, traded for Lindsey Whalen in 2010. And suddenly we go from a 10-24 team in 2010, and then 2011, long story short, the Lynx ended up winning the championship in 2011, right? And it was a quick turnaround because we had like a perennial all-star you know, Hall of Fame player come in like uh, Simone Augustus. And then uh, in hindsight, we now know that, right? Uh, and Maya Moore. So that's what I mean by like, until the Lynx proved they could do it in the playoffs and win that championship and consistently do that from the years of 2011, 2017, no one believed in the Minnesota Lynx when they first um, got those draft picks and brought a team together and then ended up winning four championships with those draft picks in Maya Moore and uh, Simone Augustus. So um, until a team actually does it, I don't see anyone respecting the Sacramento Kings until they actually do it. No, we, we have to earn their trust. We have to earn their time to actually watch us. And it's not going to happen until the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, They might even skip our first round series. That's just usually how it works. Uh, (laughs) Everyone's going to be watching the primetime series and, and paying attention to the big stars. But if we make it to the second round or if we have a dramatic game five through seven, people are going to take notice. Um, exactly. And if Plock and if uh, De'Aaron Fox plays the way I think he'll play in the playoffs and I think his game is tailor-made for the playoffs, I've been saying that for, gosh, two or three years, like mid-range master, right? And that's what you need yep. in the playoffs when um, things break down offensively. I think that's when people are going to take notice and mm-hmm. they're going to act like um, you know they're just discovering him. Yeah, and, and it's going to be silly. That being I said, think, I ahead. think real quick too. I think like true NBA fans though, like if we get one of the top four seeds and we have that first you know home playoff game, like I feel like a true basketball fan 
would want to tune into that though because you know that atmosphere in golden one center is just going to be like something that like especially young basketball players like young basketball fans have never seen before like that the fans are going to be going crazy whatever they decide to do like if they're giving out you know shirts or maybe mini beam type of stuff like it's just going to be electric in that building so who wouldn't want to turn in to like the team that hasn't made the playoffs in 16 years and just has this amazing turnaround. Like, if I was not a Kings fan and I was just a basketball fan, I would 100% tune that to, into that game. Like, I'd be wanting to watch front freaking row what that atmosphere was doing because it would just give me chills, even if I wasn't a fan of the team. I know as a fan, I'm going to probably have freaking chills. Like, hopefully I'm going to be at that game. But you know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to, like, embrace it and enjoy it. And, like, I feel like a lot of just fans of basketball would want to tune into that game and just feel that like you know electricity like going through their body of just how electric golden one center is going to be on that first game that opening footage of just the first playoff game being there is prime time you know what i mean that is a prime time storyline that you would want to put on tnt or yeah. ESPN or wherever it's going to be Ex- played on. exactly do you exactly. I- yeah, do you guys remember when, uh, I believe it was actually the game against the Pacers because a lot of people came out um, in the beginning of the season so they could see Ty- uh, Halliburton, Tyrese. And so the atmosphere was crazy. Oh, my goodness. And I remember the Indiana Pacers uh, broadcast. I'm not 100% sure if it was Indiana Pacers, but the opposing broadcast was talking about how loud it was in Golden One Center because we got called for like some bullshit fouls. They missed back-to-back free throws. I think it was the same one where um, TD hit like like he had an incredible dunk and all that. So like the atmosphere in a regular season game, it was maybe game like 20 or 20-something, and it was already crazy. So just imagine the first game whether it be like first game at home because we maybe we'll play on the road. Who knows? Um, it's just going to be incredible. And I want to be there. I might have to like <laughs> buy a ticket and put it on my credit card. And it be- like it has to be a nice seat. Like even if it's in the uh, nosebleeds, I wouldn't even mind. But like I need a nice seat. <laughs> I'm selling my left kidney. I don't even For care. <laughs> Sell my left arm. Literally have all my Sell organs. Sell my firstborn child. Like to be at that game, I would literally, I would literally Oh my goodness. Them. It's For insane. Real. Because crazy, you know, like as fans, like sticking with, you know, through the good and the bad, we just want this so much for the the team and the city and just to be able to be there and experience just everyone else that's been Mm -hmm. along on that journey at the same time would just be something special. And I don't think people on the outside who are not fans of this team would understand that. But just to be able to embrace everyone and be like, hey, we've been in this, you know, roller coaster of a ride together. So I just, yeah, I want to be at that game. I know it's going to be electric. I know it's going to be crazy. Fans are just going to be like in just awe of like how that is because, you know, like obviously, you know, some of us being younger, like we obviously saw on TV, you know, how Arco was. I've been to Arco. I've been to games at Arco. I never went to a playoff game at Arco. But how electric that atmosphere was in the playoffs, just, you know, in a new, you know, 20, 16 years later, whatever, just is going to be crazy in golden one center because when kevin herter hit that three against utah that place was like freaking rocking so it's just gonna be outstanding with, and, you know. yeah and mark jones's call when he hit that uh um three as well my goodness everything about that i always go i i remember i watched it like 50 times <laughs> that yeah, night how could he not? over 
and over again just so I could hear like not only the um obviously the hit like him hitting the shot and the arena erupting but also Mark Jones's call like it was just really 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 nice and it was uh, definitely one of my favorite games of the season I'm trying to buy courtside I doubt I'll get that I don't care where I'm sitting whether it's lower bowl or upper hey, bowl. I'm going to, <laughs> I am totally going to try to find uh, a Kuzma ish outfit to wear just looking like a fool because it only happens once so if you see some purple furry thing that's probably going to be me looking ridiculous I'm going to be a purple Elton John up in there because that's the only way it has to be um, I am going to pivot First off, I am going to pause. Thank you, everyone, for coming through. Keith, Meg, Tanvir, Viet, Joseph, Sensible. Thanks for uh, tweeting all the info. Ian and App, what's up, y'all? Thank you so much for coming through. We appreciate you. Um, I am going to pivot to good old Mr. Meme himself, Brian Windhorst, Wendy, and that wonderful tweet he put out saying that the Lakers want to play the Kings in the first round because we're an inexperienced team. Despite the fact that we have killed in overtime and in crunch time over and over the, again. It, despite the fact that we have the most clutch player in the league, we're inexperienced. And we have a coach that has been in championship games um, and has chur- turned things around. What do you guys think about that? I mean, I, I ranted about this in the space the other night. Like, they have to worry about even making the playoffs right now. They're in the 12th seed. They're not even in the play-in. Y'all have to worry about yourselves first before you can even think a month into the future about playing a Sacramento Kings team in the playoffs. So the fact that, you know, whatever report, whoever came out with that, you know, and gave that information to him and, you know, whatever, like that's just an absolute joke. LeBron's not healthy. Anthony Davis isn't healthy. So until that team can actually get into the playoffs, then we can talk. But other than that, I don't want to hear shit about that because they have to actually be in the playoffs first. So they have no room to talk. Worry about your damn selves, and then maybe we'll see you in the playoffs. And if we do, I would love it because no one would love anything more than the Lakers and the Kings in the playoffs again because that would just be like the ultimate story or whatever. But yeah, they need to worry about them damn selves first before they come and talk shit on us. Like, yeah, we could be inexperienced in whatever but at the end of the day, it's going to come down to who wins and who you know loses at, at the end of the game. So bring all the smoke. I don't care. I will freaking love to see it. I don't care if we – even at the end of the day, we lose the series. I would love to see a series between them just because of all the shit talking. But we know that this team listens to the, the outside noise, and they don't take it lightly. I think they take it and they take it out on the court and do what they need to do. And you can't tell me no one on that damn team is going to stop De'Aaron Fox in the playoffs. Like, bring it. I'm sorry, but I think that tweet jinxed them because that was before the injury happened for LeBron. So that it's too. like, never be jinxed by Brian Windhorst, Windhorst. You know what I mean? Look, I am a self-proclaimed LeBron fan. I love LeBron and everything, so I will always root for him. And unfortunately, that means, I, I don't even want to say it, but nah, screw the Lakers. They're not going to do jack squat especially with Braun out, they're not going to do anything. They just lost the other night. I think they beat OKC, but uh, I don't think they're going to do anything with LeBron. They might get a couple wins and stuff, but for the most part, LeBron carried so much of the load for the Lakers this entire season at 38 years old. Um, so, yeah, I I would love. I There's much, nothing more I would love 
to see than a Lakers Kings series. Honest to God, because I wasn't. I was like what six years old when that happened, the early two thousands, and whatnot. So like, I want to experience that. I already like <laughs> when I'm watching Lakers Kings games, like the hate and the and the like the passion and like you know um, everything I feel when I watch those two teams play is like on another level because of how much I hate the Lakers. <laughs> so I would love to see a series like that. I would be so interested. I think a lot of people would like to see if they understood the rivalry between the Lakers um, and what is it called? The Kings. So pl- please send it. Like, like Liz said, we want all the smoke. <laughs> you know, for Doug me- Christie too is like, I think oh. he like is inching for it too. Cause he's going to be a coach on the sideline. He's going to be like, let's go. Like, you know what I mean? He's going to be telling Davion, like, get up in those people. Punch someone in the face if you have to. Like, he will not care. So, I'm just excited. Like, all those guys are just, you know, going to be courtside to watch it. And, you know, Doug Christie mm-hmm. probably was like, can I come out of retirement for a game? And, like, you know, bring some smoke to them. Because 100% he'd probably punch LeBron in the face. <laughs> I would pay for an alternate angle of just on him. Like, just the camera on Doug Christie. I want to see every reaction I want him to be mic'd up. I would pay an extra fee just to hear the Doug Christie feed watching those games. Um, I think it'd be incredible. So we are going to open up the mics very soon. Again, though, uh, I'm trying to keep this at an hour. So uh, we'll we'll close up shop in about half an hour. Again, thanks, everyone, for coming through. Uh, We are going to look at the schedule now. Um, Again, Man, I say this all the time. I keep moving the goalposts for this team. I always throw out little tests in my mind that I think uh, they should do, they should beat, um, so that therefore they are greater in the playoffs. You know what I mean? I said, okay, well, if they beat the Houston Rockets twice, that's good. That means they're um, adjusting to their adjustments. It's like a little mini playoff series. Same thing with the Thunder um, same thing with that second game with the Dallas Mavericks and, and they won. And I say, and I said, okay, well that's good. And so my belief in them in getting out of the, out of the first round is, you know, it's like 50, 50. Another big test is going to be against the Clippers again at home. Uh, the Clippers are on a losing streak. They haven't won yet with Westbrook. So they're desperate and they're hungry. I think that's a dangerous team. If we could beat them, that's another feather in our cap, and it will also add to my belief that this team will get out of the first round comfortably. Um, the Timberwolves are going to be tough as well. They're ramping up. So are the Pelicans. I think, to me, the biggest test ahead of us is getting our win back against the Knicks. That is huge. They're really good, and they're like a top-10 team in offensive rating and defensive rating. Um, in the last 10 games, they're pretty scary. What do you guys think? Yeah, if we can, especially tomorrow, because tomorrow night's going to be huge. Um, the Clippers are going to be on a back-to-back. Um, hopefully the Warriors can take them pretty deep, you know, get the starters some uh, long minutes for us. But, yeah, I mean, if they could, like, beat this Clippers team again tomorrow, I mean, I just don't know how you could doubt this team in any type of matchup in the NBA. I mean, every matchup is tough. Like, these guys are NBA players. They get paid to do this job. So every team is obviously, you know, there's possibility of getting beat by any team in the NBA. But if this team can beat the Clippers tomorrow night too, I mean, just 
with anyone in our way, I just I'm so confident this team can beat anyone in the league, and especially in a series because we've got kind of proven it this series, this season in mini series when we played the Rockets, when we played Dallas, when we played Denver. Like, yeah, we may lose one game, but then the next night we turn around and punch them in the mouth. Like we, the adjustments that this team can make and the coaching staff's capability of getting these players to get on the right track after a loss is just amazing. So I'm excited for the rest of the season. I'd love to beat the Clippers tomorrow night. I'd love to, you know, get that win on national TV against the New York Knicks because they're, you know, playing decent ball right now. Um, I'd love to beat the Pelicans. I think, you know, we played some, you know, awful basketball against them that first meeting. And then, uh, you know, obviously with some of these others, like the Warriors, we still got to play at least one more time at the end of the season. Um, We're going to have a back-to-back against Portland. I think those are also going to be huge. Um, Dame is obviously doing what he's doing. But yeah, I mean, the end of the season schedule, you know, like these next couple weeks are going to be so important. But with us coming out of the break at a 4-0, that's just really huge. And if we can keep 500 ball, like it's going to be huge. But if they can even go higher than that, like I'm just going to be so excited. So yeah, I, j- I just can't wait. Like I'm, I just want to continue to watch Kings basketball. I wish they were on every single freaking night. And obviously they're not because those guys would be dead. But I just like, I'm so excited to continue to watch this team grow. Like I've never been this excited. I mean, I have, you know, earlier in the 2000s, but right now, like after the all-star break, like we actually have something to look forward to. And every game right now is so important because we've always had like past seasons. We'd be like, maybe they can sneak in. And then, you know, we kind of like get all these wins. And then towards the end of the season, we kind of shit the bed or someone gets injured. So this time, like every game is so important and I'm just excited for the rest of the season. Yeah. I, it's weird, right? This is how I genuinely feel about this team. I think we're capable of beating any team any night. I don't care. Like, I genuinely think think that. And the reason why I think that is because no one can stop our offense. We have the great, the what is it, the best of all time offensive rating. I don't know if it's offensive rating or whatever it may be, like, of all time in NBA history. And so, like... The NBA, sure, there's defense and whatnot, but a lot of the times we keep seeing scores of like 70 to 65 at halftime when sometimes games would end like that. However, I do believe in this team, um, and I also think it's because of Mike Brown as well. He, I think he expects and demands so much of his from his players. And yeah, especially after that um, Clippers game, I'm like, nothing can... Like come in the anything that comes in the way of the Kings, I believe that they can um like come out on top after that. And if there's one thing you want as a basketball team, a basketball player, an athlete, it's confidence. If your confidence is shot and it's in the gutter, you're just not gonna do well. Like that's no matter how good of a player you are. We see it with Russell Westbrook, for example. Sorry, don't mean to call out uh, Westbrook like that. He's actually one of my favorite players of all time. But you see what it does to you when your confidence isn't at what it used to be or um, if you have none at all or if you're lacking in it. So after the Clippers game, I think the Kings are extremely confident in the team that they have, the players they have around them. So, yeah, I don't – as for what comes of the last, like, how many games we have, I just – I just think we just need to play together. That's the number one thing. Um, and they've been doing that. So, And then hopefully we'll have Fox back as well. I don't know how bad the soreness of his wrist was. But I think he'll probably be back, if not 
against the Clippers the next game. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited to see where the team takes takes uh takes themselves, like where where how it all ends up in the end of the regular season. Hopefully, we'll keep hold on to that third seed or even go second seed. I don't think anyone's gonna knock off the Nuggets, but maybe who knows? You know who knows? So yeah. No, every team in the West is beatable. Exactly. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but every team is beatable. It's it's who's going to play the best ball. Also, it's also who's going to be the most healthiest team um, in the conference. The mics are open. Feel free to request. Let's talk some Kings. Let's talk the NBA, whatever it is you guys want to talk about. Tanvir, you were up there. Uh, what's up? Get in here. What's going what's on, going Tanvir? What's going on, Daily, Liz, Naima? How's it going, squad? How we feeling? We're good. Light the beam. Hell yeah. What did I say, Daily? You <laughs> You'd always tell me, hey, man, calm down. There is no calming down, bro. We're coming for everyone's fucking heads, bro. <laughs> Screw it. The thing is, T- Tanvir is going to say, Tanvir says we're winning this game like every game. So if we do win, the dude could totally say, I called it. <laughs> And it's like, well, you you try to call every game, you know. So, and and I don't say anything when we lose. It's like, I don't do that to myself psychologically. I don't like to give myself expectations because, you know me. I always say in a one game series, anything is possible. So, I just know when we're a little heavily favored or not, and I just hope that we compete. And I think if they do their thing and they play beam team basketball, as cringy as it sounds. They usually win, but oh, yeah, man. sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes the shots don't fall, and we don't have one of those defenses that clamps for all four quarters, and you know we win one of those games that are stuck in the mud. We have won those games. We are capable of doing that, but it's not our bread and butter. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you're saying, bro. So how, what can I say, man? I'm feeling like super, super excited, man. Four wins, man. This is just so much – so much amazing, man. Shit, man. <laughs> hey, how long have you been a fan, Tanvir? Uh, I've, I've been a fan since 2002, but I was really small, so I didn't know much about basketball. Oh, well, that's all of us. Like, all yeah. of us were, were fans for a long time. And yeah. then, but, like, when would you say your, your basketball knowledge became online, so to speak? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, 2010, when we drafted Cousins. You started really thinking about it? Yeah. Yeah, right on. I get it, man. Hell yeah, Merle. Any other questions? If you have any questions, feel free to ask me, man. (laughs) I feel so happy, man. I don't know what to say, man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they'll come up, I'm sure. Raise your hand when you want to break something off. Keith, what's the word? Yeah, I mean, I've just been really – First of all, I think out of all the the space podcasts or podcasts in general that you guys have done, I think this has been one of my favorites. So first things first, you know, we're giving flowers to all three of you guys tonight. This has probably been my favorite. You know, it's it's funny today. Like I was at work, and uh, you know, my 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 television station that I work at's on in New York, um, and when I started laying out all my stuff. Um, that I collected over the years, a lot of my King stuff, uh, when I moved away for college, 
my mom lived in West Sac. We originally were a group, originally a group in Elk Grove, but um, my mom at our old house in Elk Grove, when I moved away for college, she moved to another place in West Sac with her now uh, boyfriend. And then she said, Hey, do you want any of this stuff? At the time I said, no, not really. And then when I came back home the next time, um, I, she said, do, do you want any of this stuff? And I said, well, what do I have? Cause I really don't remember what I had. And I had all these bobbleheads and I had all these, you know, cards and collector things. And, um, I, I took those with us. Yeah, I, I want those now. So I started placing those out on my desk. And it's funny cause a lot of the guys that, um, I work with, they're diehard New York Knicks fans, obviously, obviously. So it's funny because they're, you know, the Knicks have recently made the playoffs as recently as the COVID year when they lost the Hawks, but they, they brought up, you know, all these questions. It's like, cause they, they're like, we never met a, a Sacramento Kings fan before. And so they started asking me all these questions um, because they're starting to catch the bug. You know, these are diehard NBA fans just like us. And so they're asking me questions about Sabonis and Fox and Herder and Monk Um and, you know, you guys bring up the topic of, you know, this whole year in general, how crazy it is. You know, I remember when I was starting out in the media scene, you know, I was getting, you know, I would go on these crazy rants on Facebook and stuff about how bad the team was. And, um, you know, people loved it, but I, I, I fucking hated it because I was like, this team sucks. And it sucked for like 15 plus years up until this year, obviously. And so... I hate the fact that the team was bad. I hate the fact that they made bonehead decisions. You know, as a fan, you know, first and foremost, it, it burns you. Because when you go places and you interact with people and they ask, where are you from? I'm from Sacramento. Oh, the Kings, they're really bad, aren't they? That's like one of the first things I always bring up. And so it just ate at me for a long time. Um, and so, you know, I think this year, I mean, it, it was so weird. Today I found myself, you know, I bought a T-shirt today. I bought a really cool light the beam t-shirt that I can't wait to get here. And I wouldn't have done that three or four years ago. And I've, I've, you know, I've had ticket reps in Sacramento who, you know, when do you want to buy your season? Test? I said, I'm not, buying. it's not, not, no, it wasn't any personal against the reps. They're doing their jobs, but I just told them I'm not spending a fucking dime on this team until I see improvement. And there was no improvement. So there was really no reason to invest like that. Um, and today just to be able to buy a t-shirt, and just be excited for it to get here. That hasn't happened in over 10 plus years. Um, and so to be in this moment right now where, you know, I went on Twitter today and people are saying, well, who would you want to rather the Kings play in the playoffs the, the, in the opening round, the Mavs? Would you want the Clippers? Would you want the Timberwolves? Those conversations, they, they, they never happened in, in the past for obvious reasons. So as a fan today, to hear all this going on and to see everybody in the city that loves the team, uh, loves the way that they're playing. You know, I got people who, who haven't watched basketball in years who text me about lighting the beam and they've caught the bug. And so I think it's fantastic for the city. I think it's fantastic in general, you know, to be able to look forward to your team wanting to play. You know, I, I got my, my favorite sports teams here or there, but the Kings are my, my ride or die. That's been my, my team since like when I came out the womb. So they're always going to hold a special place in my heart until I go six feet under. That's just the way it is. Um, but to hear, like, finally people say, oh, I can't wait to get my playoff tickets or I can't wait to do this, this, and this, I think it's just great for the city. I think it's great for a fan base that uh, stuck around for all the bad times. And, you know, 
we were joking in the office today. One of my my bosses, he goes, how would you feel if the Kings made the finals? I said, I wouldn't feel good. I, I mean, I would feel nervous because you want your team to win. And so I would be like, it'd be an enjoyable experience, but I hope they win. But I'd be sweating, my palms would be sweating like crazy. But I think to even imagine the possibility, like like Liz says, you know, they got something special in Fox, man. And I was there for the glory years. And I was there to watch those teams. Man, I got to be honest. I just feel like, you know, with Fox, you never want to put too much pressure on a guy. But the way he plays in the fourth quarter now, I would bet any amount in the world if the Kings were within like four or five points going into the fourth quarter that Fox would close it out for us. He's just that talented. And he's just that clutch to where, now you you don't even have any nerves about it because you know like he can get the job done at any given moment in time, and I don't think they've ever had a franchise player like that. To be honest with you, Weber was good, or great. Bibby was great, but for a guy consistently to be this clutch, this amount of times, it's unheard of. They've never had it before, and so I just I'm really excited to see what happens. I hope they win tomorrow, obviously, but. You know, to be a fan of this moment and just be excited about your team hasn't happened in years. So it's a weird feeling, and I, I'm just glad to be here and to experience it with all you guys. You know, I'm glad you mentioned uh, how the last time you bought merch was like more than a decade ago. Same. Um, the last time I bought merch was was literally 2002. And uh, Naima, you liked this actual this post where I posted um, – my my BTS army um, army bomb and it was on top of my my 2002 Peja Stoyakovich jersey. That's the last thing I got, and then uh, and this year I just went crazy, <laughs> so I have uh, a lot more Kings merch than I need, but that's okay because it's fun um, and I do plan on going to games, so I got to represent and uh, yeah, so yeah I got my Slam magazine T-shirt I was able to find a hardwood classics, uh, 2002 Jersey that, uh, you know, I can't wait to wear. So yeah, I cannot wait. Yeah. I, what's funny is, um, I've never bought Kings merch because I just been going, I've been lucky. Obviously I've been lucky enough to go to Kings games all the time over the past 10 years after moving back here to Sacramento. Cause I was living overseas and, I've just been getting merch from Kings games and also um, my brother, my younger brother, he always gets me Kings stuff (laughs) on my birthday. He's got me a hat. He's got me a beanie. He's got me a Jersey. So like all the merch I own is like, I haven't really spent money on it, which is really cool. Cause obviously (laughs) I already spend so much money on other um, jerseys and other sports merchandise. Well, you're flying places too. Like you're going across the country, <laughs> seeing concerts and um, yeah, your I've been links. Very, That's wild. Yeah, yeah, I've been very fortunate. I know I'm very grateful, like for the life I have and like everything. Like I know I'm very, very lucky. So yeah, um, just recently actually went to Dallas to go watch the women's national team. So that was really freaking cool as well. So yeah, yeah, that field looked beautiful. You're going to a Lynx game soon. So I want to, um, the link season isn't until another, what is this? The third month. So it's not until another two months. Oof, it's coming, coming up. It's coming up. But, um, I plan on going in June for sure. 
because it's going to be a huge celebration for the greatest center of all time in the WNBA in Sylvia Fowles' retirement jersey at the Lynx. And then they also have a 25-year anniversary thing going on. So it's like during a weekend in June, I believe the second week of June. So I'm trying to make that. Hopefully, hopefully I can make it. And, and plan, a, plan an extra day, though. You, you got to do some Prince yeah, landmarks. Yeah. You know Most what I mean? Definitely. I mean, there's, I don't Prince think Prince landmarks, yeah. No offense to people that are from Minnesota and everything, but I don't think <laughs> there's much to do in Minnesota. However, I will definitely check out, like, um, whatever, like, they recommend. What's the best recommendations from friends who live in Minnesota, for sure. So, knock like, you know, I hope, I really hope I get to do that this because um, it's a while from now. And I don't want to like, you know, buy my ticket and something happens. So I'm going to wait maybe until like a few weeks before, a month before, something like that. So, yeah. That's amazing. Joseph, welcome. What's on your mind? Yo, uh, give me like one second. Come back to me. I'm just stepping through the door right now. (laughs) (laughs) No problem, Joseph. App, thanks for coming through. How are you? Oh, good. Good to see you guys. Liz, Naima. Uh, man, just a wonderful season. I mean, it's been so long since we've been able to celebrate anything. So to see us doing so well is just beyond exciting. I think with somebody who hasn't gotten enough credit for this season that I haven't seen too much, it's Vivek. Like, I think Vivek deserves a lot of credit for really stepping out of the spotlight and really getting out of his own way. Especially, you know, like when Mike Malone, I think at the All-Star, he talked about how he used to walk in his office and say, play four on five. You know, when that infamous video with Stauskas, we need Stauskas, we need Stauskas. So to go from that to basically getting out of the way and just letting the basketball operations people do their job and let the coach be a coach and really just rein back his own ego has been just tremendous for this team like he's like imagine if mickey Harrison, the heat owner came to pat riley and told him like we want to run four on five like pat would probably punch him in the face so for so for vivek to you know step out the spotlight and create the beam and the chemistry and the good vibes that's going around this team i think he deserves a lot of credit uh also monty too because like if you think about king's basketball like you, you want to think about our tradition as a franchise. Our tradition is having a great big man, great point guard, high-scoring point guard, unselfish basketball, team basketball, egoless basketball. And Monty has really played into that factor for this team. He's really embraced the city and what we stand for with blue-collar workers and guys that just hungry and want to really play and play for the for the front of their jersey. I mean – enough credit goes to Monty. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I don't even know what to do with my hands. Like it, like I really wake up every day and I think we're 11 games over 500. I mean, I'm almost 30 and I honestly never thought this day was ever going to happen. Like as much as I wanted it to, I never thought this day was going to happen. So to see us doing so well and us playing good and like Mike Brown is breaking every record for a Kings coach possible in his first season. I mean, to beat Rick Adelman, who was basically the GOAT of Sacramento basketball coaching, and for him to be breaking all these records this year, I mean, it's just a testament to who Mike Brown is as a coach and as a man, that he commands the respect from the players and he demands excellence at all levels. 
So Mike, you know, and he's also just one coach of the month. So congrats to Mike and his whole staff, really. Jay Triano, Luke Louds, Lindsey Harding, uh, Doug Christie. I mean, it, it, uh, don't it forget Mr. Potty Mouth, Coach Jordy. <laughs> coach Jordy, the, the, our Spanish, uh, our local Spanish uh, person. I don't know what to say, but uh, yeah, I just love everything that's going on with the Kings right now. And, you know, I think Kyle Draper said it on the. Uh, Casey and D'Lo today we got to stop searching for validation in the media we got to because we have to put respect on our own name first before people can respect us you know what I mean like we can't just expect us to have uh 80% of a good season and then all of a sudden erase the bad vibes that has happened over the last 16 years so it's slowly gonna come it's slowly the national tv is gonna come but it's cool I'm happy being under the radar I'm happy being with my Kings family and our community and really enjoying the good vibes of this team right now. Well, we really just all need to adopt that Fox mentality. When he said, yeah, we don't give a fuck about who's over there. I'm just worried about us. And that's how we need to be. I don't care that if one of our players doesn't make the top 10 on sports center, I don't care if we're not on somebody's stupid graphic when it comes to, uh, you know, the top players of the night, as long as we get W's and we're setting ourselves up for a good playoff run, that's really all that matters. And, and this season is already a success. I don't care what anybody says. And if it all comes crashing down tomorrow, I'm still going to be happy with what happened. Right? So that's all I got to say. Um, Joseph, you set up now? What's going on? Yo, what's up? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, what are we talking about? Like when we became fans or something or just whatever? Nah, we're, we're, we're just marking out. We're just being full-on beam team marks right now. We're just sharing our love. That's it. As corny as that sounds. All right. Okay. I mean, I, lo- I love this team. Is that- <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, man, I'm not worried about anybody. Like, like what, Just like what the king said, like just worry about ourselves, you know? I think we can beat anybody any night. You know, they could talk about, you know, KD and the Phoenix Suns, but, you know, until they play a real team, they ain't shit. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, congrats, you beat the freaking uh, Hornets. Uh, um, and then, you know, about the national media, you know, let them talk about LeBron's foot for uh, two months or whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we'll just be over here watching good basketball. Um, you know, we've got another national game. Against the Knicks, Knicks look really good. Uh, that should be fun. I don't know. I'm not. I'm. I'm just like enjoying one game at a time. I think that everything's just like clicking into place, and the team keeps getting better. Um, so yeah, I'm glad to be a fan right now. I mean, I usually am, but this season in particular is awesome. Thanks, Joseph, Liz, and then Keith. Yeah, I just want to touch on what App was saying about Vivek and things like that. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, he, he definitely does deserve, you know, his his flowers for backing off. But in a sense, he had to because if he didn't, with what he was doing was not working clearly. And if he continued to go down that path, you know, this team probably could look very different and probably be still in a shitty direction. So I think he kind of had his hand forced a little bit because he's like, you know, with me doing what I'm doing and not giving the people the opportunity that I hired to do their jobs, you know, he had to step out and be like, all right, you know, I got to let those guys, I got to put trust in these guys that know what they're doing, know how to do their job and do it well. So, you know, thankfully he did. And, you know, that takes a lot, I think of pride in someone, you know, and their ego that, uh, 
they have to kind of let, you know, other people do their job. But, you know, he's not very, I wouldn't say, you know, not knowledgeable, but I think he doesn't know a lot of the ins and outs. And when it comes to looking for talent, you know, within the draft and things like that as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy that he stepped off and is letting, you know, Monty and all of them do their work. And, you know, it's clearly shown beneficial because, you know, Monty was able to, you know, hire his coach and, um, you know, get his guys around. So, no, I'm definitely happy, you know, that he did that. And then just, yeah, the fact that, you know, about the media, like if they don't want to talk about this team, that's fine. I don't care. Yes, do I think this team deserves to be, you know, have more nationally televised games? Absolutely. But if the NBA doesn't want to do that, that's their bad. That's their own fault. They're missing out on great basketball, competitive basketball, fun basketball, a fun atmosphere, whether we're on the road or whether we're at home. And if they don't want to do that, that's their own problem. But guess what? When it comes to playoff times, they're going to be forced to see that shit on national TV. Everyone's going to be forced to see the Sacramento Kings do what they've been doing all freaking season. And if they want to finally jump on the beam wagon, that's their that's their problem. You know what? I'll welcome it. If you want to become bean wagon people, I'll welcome it. But at the end of the day, we know who the day ones are. So that's fine. They can, you know, talk about us, not talk about us. As long as we're winning and doing what we need to do to continue to get better, I'm happy for it. We know where to watch this team every game. So, and I enjoy it. Honestly, like, I love our broadcasting crew. And, you know, obviously when playoffs come, they won't be doing those games. And I'll miss it. You know, Mark Jones probably might get a couple if it's on ESPN. Um, but yeah, I mean, the media cannot talk about us and I really don't give a shit as long as this team's taking care of business on the court. That's all I care about. They continue to win. They continue to get better. And like I said, come playoff time, they're going to be forced to watch the Sacramento Kings on national television. Well, it's amazing what a half field arena for consecutive nights in, in a one game where a guy vomits on the court can do to you if you're an owner. And, uh, I'm sure that was when he totally learned his lesson. And it all sunk in for him and where he decided to stop meddling and let money do his thing. So I'm so glad that that it's happening that way. And now he's the owner that we all want him to be so we could give him love for all the things that he's done for the city. Uh, real talk, because he's done a lot. And I want him to be known for that. I want his legacy to be known for what he's done around the city and how he's built that area up instead of killing a franchise and being inept, right? Keith, what's up? Yeah, I mean, it, you touch on the Ron Adiva situation. Um, you know, I I will say this. I'll be transparent about the whole thing. I do think that even when Vlade was GM, you could see bits and pieces through the cracks of, okay, Vlade was trying to take charge. He was trying to say, listen, you got to let me do my thing. The problem was was that none of Vlade's moves besides drafting Fox um, put the team in a better situation. So while, yeah, he was trying to get Ron Adibi to understand, listen, there's a time and place for everything, the moves weren't giving him any validation of his way panning out. Um, I And I'm not trying to make myself more important, but I did talk to some people who were involved in the organization. And... When Monty took the job, he basically said, listen, I understand that, you know, the team hasn't been good. I understand you're in a, a desperate position where we got to get this 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 drought, this playoff drought, this non-competitive drought uh, out the door. We just came into this new building. People aren't going to keep paying these kind of money for – they weren't paying that kind of money 
um, for that kind of product. I mean, before this season, the, the, the building was half empty every night. Um, and money talks in all walks of life. Um, and I did hear that Monty said, listen, you, you got to trust me on this. You've got to be willing to let me show you what I can do. Um, and I think he made two obvious important moves. The Halliburton trade was basically his job um, because the Kings really hadn't up to that point fired uh, in a good way on a bunch of picks. They had just botched the, the Doncic trade or the Doncic draft. Yeah, I wish we could have traded for fucking Doncic, Jesus. But they had just botched the Doncic draft. Um, and Halliburton, you could clearly see, was going to be a good player. What his ceiling was, we didn't know. But clearly, he was probably one of the better picks the last 10 plus years. Um, and I would have liked to have seen maybe what could have been with him and Fox, but they just were never healthy at the same time. So when he made that trade, that was his job and he knew it. He drafted Tyrese. That was his guy. Um, and I, it was probably pretty hard for him to do, but I think he saw the writing on the wall with, I got to give Fox a chance to, to drive the car. I got to give Fox a chance to be with somebody he's never been with before. And it wasn't like Sabonis was a scrub. I mean, I was upset about the Tyrese trade. Liz can attest to that. I said it was a bad move. But at the same time, once I calmed down and cooler heads prevail, I said, well, you know, this Sabonis guy, he's a double-double a double, double machine. And he's an all-star. And they really haven't had a quality big that can really, like, share the basketball like that in quite some time. Um, And then, obviously, the second move that he made was hiring Mike Brown. And I was also on record. I, I love being wrong when I when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I love it. But I said, no way. And I, well, I think the main important thing that Mike Brown has done with all this daily is he's made them believe. Um, and that's easier said than done. They've been losing for 15 plus years. And in order to change any habit in life, you got to believe you can change it. You got to believe you can lose the weight. You got to believe that you can get the A on the paper. You have to believe. You have to have that mindset. And so I think that what Mike Brown has brought to these young guys is, hey, listen, let's not just settle for over 500. Let's not just settle for being the team that breaks the playoff drought. Let's let's envision ourselves going deep in the postseason. It doesn't matter, and, and this is kind of touching on the whole thing with the national media, it doesn't matter anybody else thinks outside this locker room doesn't matter what anybody else thinks outside this organization. If all of us are locked in and all of us have the mindset that we can achieve something here, we're going to do it. So I think it's been great to see him um, instill that belief in this team. You can clearly see they play with a confidence that has not been there in a while. And that's his doing. That That's him putting that belief in those guys that you can be as good as you want if you play hard, you do the right things, and you focus on the craft at hand, and and just really touch on the national media thing, that I I yeah, listen, until the Kings get in the postseason, until the Kings actually do the damn thing, they're not gonna believe. Uh, I kind of don't blame them, but at the same time, I like the fact that the Kings are the underdogs. This city is an underdog, as is, and so for them to have that kind of mindset and paint that image, I love it. And real basketball fans that I've talked to, they want to see the Kings in the postseason. They want to see the Kings on TV. They want to see that atmosphere. And they're all for it because they want to see what the beam's all about. They want to see what Fox and Sabonis have been like because obviously they're not on, you know, 
national TV like the Lakers or even like the Knicks. So it's kind of like this, like, um, you know, I know Daily Sabonis, you're a big hip-hop person. It's kind of like when Vibe Magazine used to do, like, the top 10 underground uh, rappers or that top 10 underground list. It's kind of like that. They're the best-kept secret in sports, man. And so, like, you know, it's kind of like an independent artist who hasn't blown up like that just yet. But I think it's just great that, you know, Vivek got out of his own way. He understands now that, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy to think, like, at one point in time, going into this season, we were debating – is Monty's job on the line if this team can't get to 500? It's so weird to think of that now um, compared to how the season started. And now he just signed a big extension like less than two months ago. But you know, all things considered, I think a lot of people had to change. And I think it's kudos to this organization, whether the owner or the guy selling popcorn, to have that mindset and just want to get out of your own way so that this team can process and move forward as one. 100%. In championship or not, oh my goodness, give me a 10-year Utah Jazz in the 90s or Portland Trailblazers in the 2010s run. Let us go to the playoffs eight years straight or something like that. I don't care if people call us the poverty franchise or not. I would love to win the chip. But if we just have postseason success over years, it would be beautiful. I want to know how that feels like. You know what I mean? Um Tanvir, then App, and then Joseph. And then we are going to close up shop in about 10, 15 minutes. So what's going on, guys? Tanvir, what's up? How about we talk about our, our boy Keegan Murray, bro? Who's been doing his thing, too. Swiss Army Knife. Love the way he's been playing, too. Man. What's the biggest improvement that you've seen, Tanvir, in Keegan Murray? His shooting, everything. His handles has been all right. His defense. Hey, man, he's been doing amazing on his defense also. I think he's, he deserves to be up there for a rookie of the year, man. Uh, yeah, he probably won't. The only reason why I say that, I mean, I would love for him to, but it's just you got those other two rookies that are just in situations where they're playing all the time in Banchero and Matherin, and they're balling out. Um but totally different situations, right? You put them on the Kings team, they're probably going to put up the same numbers as Keegan because they're going to be the fourth option. But no, I know what you mean as far as like pound for pound, minute for minute. Yeah, yeah I have no problem with that. And then, um, you know, my man Kessler Edwards, I mean, not Kessler Edwards, but Walker Kessler, you know, he's balling out too, being, you know, a baby Rudy Gobert. But yeah, it's, it's tough. There's a lot of talent. Oh, there's a lot, bro. 100%. Right on, Tanvir. App, what's going on? Touching on Keegan, I think from the first shot of Summer League, I thought to myself, this guy could be a player. Because, you know, we've seen a lot of rookies in Summer League, like Bagley, McLemore, you know, et cetera. You know, they, they've done okay in the Summer League, and then they've gone on to do absolutely nothing. But from that first game and that first shot, you thought to yourself, all right, we got a player. And then all of a sudden, here comes preseason. He starts rolling. Beginning of the season, he gets hurt, comes back. He's dropping 18, 20. And just his confidence, I feel like, has risen month to month to month. Not only that, all his teammates are so invested in him. Like, they all are just wrapping their arms around him. Every time he does something good, 
they're all up off the bench. When he hit that behind the back of against the the Blazers the other day, the whole bench was on fire. I mean, it he has a chance. Like I don't I can't think of any Kings player. I can't I can't think of somebody might know that actually had a chance in their first season playing with the Kings. I mean, this guy is this kid is a special, special talent and he's only getting you know, he's only getting better by the month. And year two, Keegan is going to be like the Terminator. I mean, stone-faced and just absolutely wrecking the league. And uh, I think somebody talked about when they became a Kings fan. Uh, like, I love the team probably since, you know, probably since 2002, 2003. But when I fell in love with Kings basketball was when we drafted Tyreek. Tyreek was my favorite player. What he did on like a nightly basis. I mean, his spin move. I think to this day, his spin move is probably the most unguardable move, maybe in NBA history. I mean, once he got one foot in the paint and spun, it was over. He was either hitting a layup, floater, you know, drop off dime, whatever it was. And then that game against Chicago, when they came back thirty five, and, and he. I mean, we had what Nocioni and all a bunch of just. Bano Udrick. I mean, guys he was playing with would never even dream of being on a great team in the NBA. So for him to be doing that, it just made me fall in love with uh, basketball. And the last thing I'll say is, like, I see on Twitter people, you know, obviously Sabonis is having a great, great season. He's having a lot of triple doubles, and he's starting to get compared to Boogie. But I'm sorry, it, it just isn't close. Like, imagine if Boogie had this team. Like, Boogie played with Dante Green and and Jason Thompson and Francisco Garcia. I mean, good lord! Like he played in a league with when the center and the power forward were still seven foot tall, and he was dominating front courts nightly by himself with no help and talent around. Unlimited so, bag, unlimited un- bag. He is yo. He's Jokic before Jokic. He's Sabonis before Sabonis. He's Joel before Joel. All these centers. It was Boogie. Boogie reg- revolutionized the center position in the league. What he used to. I mean, from his handles to the. I mean, I mean, maybe he didn't play as great a defense as he can, but he knew he had to go and score almost forty a night. So it's kind of like Fox in his first couple seasons. And I so, forgive him for his behavior. Like he was young. Like how many of us were on point at 19, 20 years old? I know I wasn't. And he came. He's won at – and he's, we got to – we forget. These these kids come in, they've won at every level of basketball before they get to Sacramento from, from gym, when they were kids to high school, middle school, college. They were the best and brightest in their field before they came to the Kings. And all of a sudden you get into this loser mentality and this loser franchise for so long, and it's sapping. And what cousins used to yell at refs. I mean, we see it now. We're yelling at refs. And I think he was somewhat justified. Sometimes he went over the line, but I think he was kind of justified in what was happening. Because a lot of the things that happened to him happens to, to Sabonis right now in 2023. So we need to – I love Sabonis, but let's stop the, the boogie comparison. Yeah, it doesn't even need to be said, honestly. Uh, Joseph, what's up? Thank you, App. Yo, I don't even know what I was going to say. We're talking about Boogie now. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking love Boogie, man. That's probably uh, – I went. I, came, I got out of sports for a while, just watching them, and uh, I came back in probably, like, same as, like, Tanvir, like, 2010. Um, and just, like – I compare Boogie to Barry Bonds, honestly. The team wasn't good, but at least you got to watch him. Um, and, like, a, he was, like, the progenitor of, like, all these uh, centers. Like, he was, he was the dude that came before him. 
Uh, that's that's kind of why I wish they they just get him on the team so he can make the playoffs with the Kings. But I mean, I understand he's not the same player. But I I just love the guy. Um, you know, um, man, what what underground rapper would the Kings be? Like, we like the dumbfounded, uh, open mic eagle, slug. I don't know. Atmosphere. I don't. I don't know, man. Uh, maybe we're like that's not an underground rapper. Like the B Is rabbit. It? It's not. Oh man, am I out of the game? I'm out of the game. Talk about the fiction rap. If we were like B rabbit from Eight Mile, you know, which they don't expect us to win, but we're coming for them. Here's yeah, the it would mic. have to be a rapper that's underground, but is actually loved by many, but hated by all. Like Logic, he, like people hate Logic, but his following is vast. You know or what the- I mean? We're the logic of basketball. All Not right. the yeah, I don't want to do that. No. See what I'm saying? No, he's so loved corny. by many, but hated on. <laughs> I'm not hating. He's just corny. Oh, That's hating because some people like love that dude. I, I think he's fine. I totally get his fandom. I'm not into him. Well, actually, yeah. it's not that I'm not into him because I do marvel at his cadence. Because he goes toe for toe with M, and and there's a mutual respect there, um, but he's not yeah, a dick he's about a good it. Lyricist, he's a good lyricist. So yeah, and and you know what? I'm trying to get uh, the gentleman that was a Clippers fan, uh, that was um, Dime Dropper's friend, that was in here in the Clippers uh, episode. And yeah, I I, I want to have just a random music space because yes, I would love I, that. That's that's all I want to talk about, but- honestly. I wanted to mention before I forget about Boogie. Boogie is my favorite, like, probably, like, top five favorite player, like, basketball player of all time for me. Like, I freaking loved watching him play with uh, the Kings. We freaking sucked. But if it meant watching Boogie torch every front court that was thrown at him, um, whether it be from the East Conference to the Western Conference, I don't care who it was, I... I, till this very day, I'm going to share it up in, at the top. Till this very day, I go back and watch that Portland tra- that game against the Portland Trailblazers. Like, that, the way I get, if I ever want to get hype, I just watch that video. Because, like, that is one of the most unreal performances I've ever seen um, from a player. So, and Boogie freaking loved Sack. Like he he dearly he still came back to Sack even after he got traded, which was in my opinion the most coward move. What we did to him that was a coward move, and I will stand on that. He, he we could have done him better. I'm sorry, but I don't I don't care. He was the a cancer this cancer that I don't care. We should have treated him. I get very heated <laughs> and very passionate when I talk about Boogie because he really loved the Kings, and I remember he said that he wanted to retire a king and we were talking about giving him like a 200 million dollar extension and then he got <laughs> we all know that video it's like made a meme at this point where he's like someone's whispering in his ear that he just got traded right so for me it's just like i freaking loved watching um boogie play i play i became a fan of the kings of like like 2012 13 something like that like early like i always knew of them i'm from sac so i was born here and everything so obviously i knew of the kings and everything but i didn't start following the team until like really boogie came along right and so like he really the reason why i turned on the tv to watch a kings game even though i knew we were probably gonna lose was because of boogie so yeah i freaking love boogie i would love him back in sac i know how people feel about it and whatnot but for me it's just like 
the greatest king that I watched. So, yeah. Well, when we win the chip. Yeah, I said it. I'm manifesting. <laughs> I say we do a Milwaukee Bucks and we have Bookie joining on the parade. You already Hell know they're yeah. going to invite the, the 2002 squad in there. We're, we're going to see uh, Doug in his own uh, little bus at the top with mm-hmm. C-Web and, Look, and all them fools. Was, and it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I was um, just doing some research for fun. Like sometimes I just Google things and look at basketball reference just because I like look. That's like my favorite website, basketball reference. And so the last time a team went from like absolute garbage, like losing um, to a championship the next year was in the 60s. So it hasn't been done like <laughs> in a very, very long, long time. And I'm not saying I'd love to see the Kings win, but I got to also be, a you know, a realist and be realistic about it. But. But it it's be possible it's because like, I mean, look at, fun, says, look at the look at the Suns, the 2020 like, Suns. Exactly, exactly. Came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I agree, and I would love to see that. Like nothing more, I would love to see than that to see like a team that was just losing and losing year after year after a decade, still losing. Like and then seeing them turn around th- like this this season and win it all. <laughs> That's like literally the definition of like the epitome of a Cinderella story. So I would love to see that. (laughs) Well, honestly, I really just want to see Elizabeth do some stupid shit if we win the chip. So that's. Oh, God, I (laughs) I'd probably be going to prison. I don't even know (laughs) why, how it would just happen. I would do like the stupidest shit that would probably land me in prison for God knows how long. But it would honestly be fucking worth it. Like I would sell you out, Liz. I'll bail no, you out. keep me in there. Honestly, keep me in there. Like, <laughs> if that means the Kings win a championship, you know, just make sure I'm out until at least the parade, and then like I'll go to prison. I'll surrender myself. But yeah, the dumb shit I'll do, like it. Yeah, I don't even know what dumb shit I do, but I'd probably do something stupid. But like honestly, if I had like sell like any body part, my arms, my legs, like honestly, if it meant the Kings winning a championship, I would literally probably do it. I, I wouldn't even care. Like. I would go legless. I would go armless. Like, just give me a damn Kings championship. That's all I want to see truly in my life is the Kings win a freaking championship. And I hope sooner rather than later. But this year, I mean, anything's possible, like Kevin Garnett said. But it just, like, if that actually happened, like, I wouldn't even know what to do with myself. Like, if they went from, like, the laughing stock of the NBA and 16 years of no playoffs to just, like, going on an absolute tear and somehow winning the NBA championship, like, I don't even know. I don't even know. Like Golden One Center would probably be burned down because of like, you know what I mean? Like you can't ever play at that damn arena again. Like that's it. Done. Kings are done. They won a championship. We're out. Like, I don't know. It would just be insane. What happened, Liz? (laughs) Liz happened. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. That's probably why I'd go to prison. I'd actually burn down Golden One Center. That'd probably be literally (laughs) like freaking arson. I don't even know. I don't even like dealing, playing with fire because, you know, I've had bad experiences with fire, but shit. Like, I feel like, like they like Sacramento would understand if you get a pardon. <laughs> I would hope, you know. Oh, I, I, I already got my free Liz T-shirts. Uh, but honest you know to God, I mean? like free Liz till it's backwards. <laughs> Seriously, Tanvir, what's up? Tanvir, uh, talking about Demarcus Cousins. I might talk about him too, bro. <laughs> oh man, dude, dude was just amazing, man. Boogie was I just passionate. Remember- he, I just, I love that man. Like, honest to God, <laughs> everything about he him has gave us so much memorable moments, man. Shit was hilarious. 
when he flipped off that Warriors fan when he went to the bench. I mean, uh, in the what was that? The tunnel. I, yeah, the tunnel. That shit was funny as fuck. <laughs> and when uh, he was playing NBA and they were slapping each other's butts, that shit was hilarious too. Man, this is too much, man. And like that iconic, uh, right after that game, actually against the Blazers, the iconic. This is ridiculous. Oh, yeah, this, yeah. Is yep. ridiculous. this is like, ridiculous. Like I, I use yeah. that video. It's been seven years, y'all, and I use that video till this very day, and I quote I it in my real life all the time. This is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna give props to Katie though, man. Like you know, oh, yes, I'm sure yes. Katie was like kind of like terrified a little bit because like <laughs> this man is coming at you on all cylinders, oh, and like yeah. not necessarily her personally. <laughs> But he's just like firing and like it's getting ridiculous and like he's you could tell he's heated and like yeah. even when they were doing the post game with Seth Curry and he just popped in and said oh yeah he's gonna be in this league for a long time a long time because of the whole Carl Malone bullshit like Boogie was you know he was so young and he was passionate and mm-hmm. he was a hothead obviously but just the love that he, he even now continues to give this city I don't agree with his take about the Dallas Mavericks kind of shit. You know, shout out to Paul Pierce for standing with the second. Yeah. Dude, shout that. out to Paul Pierce and yeah, the host Pierce, as well. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rachel. I Nichols. was shocked. I was shocked that Paul Pierce said that. I'm like, is Paul Pierce really siding with the Kings right now? And I love it. He never <laughs> hated on us. It, like, he's, I don't even think he's ever talked about us. So the fact yeah, that he's Paul talking Pierce. about us is <laughs> is a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah Paul, yeah. Paul, crazy Uncle Pierce. Yeah. Um, real quick, <laughs> two things. Uh, what do you think about, and I know you guys saw it, the clip of like a kid who looks like he barely, he's barely out of high school talking about, yeah, you could totally beat the Kings, just makes a bonus go left or go right. Like, what? Yeah, he, that was weird. That was a what, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what are you talking about? Like, you literally saw one um, b-ball, what's that dude's face on YouTube, and, and then you decided to use it? In context, it's like, just stop. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, App, what's up? Yeah, that kid is crazy. Like, I don't think you know. Fox and Sabonis went on NBA TV and literally showed you our pick and roll. Like, how to do it and how to defend it. And teams still can't defend it. So what what in your right mind thinks that Sabonis can't go to his right hand? Like, that's just crazy. I had to go watch that whole podcast just to get some context. Oh, wow. Good for you for doing that. Like, Yeah, and he said some even more outrageous stuff, so I would suggest everybody just stay away from that podcast because him and the guy with the dreads, just absolutely horrible, horrible. Bad yeah. Stuff. He I doubled think- down on Twitter. Like People- he started talking about it. People just watch box scores and then think they can make and then watch some clips on Twitter and think that they can make this whole um, like uh, think they know basketball, basically, (laughs) because they watch a clip on Twitter and then see a box score. Whereas just like you actually need to watch film and like study the game and watch the game, actually turn on your damn TVs and watch a game instead of watching a box score and thinking, I'm going to make a podcast and talk about things I don't know about and not do re- actual research on it. The dude I mean, has right. a broken freaking thumb and he's still out there with like exactly. taking the ball from, exactly. you know, coast to coast with my move. goodness. Like, Sabonis for a big man has moves and he's doing it with a broken freaking thumb. So, yeah, I mean, if that kid wants to box, I'll set it up. I'll be the freaking Jake Paul of it. I will freaking fight so- him in the octagon. <laughs> We're all coming there. We're all coming to kick Yes, sir. Hell yeah, no, we'll but- do that too. No, hey, what's right funny? 
it's just like people need to take away mics. Like this whole podcast revolution thing and people like starting a podcast at the drop of a hat. I'm sorry. Let's cut the mics quickly. Wait, that's us. We just started a podcast. No, 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 no. The no, 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 no. I mean, people who don't actually do the research, don't watch games, who just daily. Come on. <laughs> no, no, no. Seriously, though, he sounded like he just watched a few episodes of uh, B-Ball Breakdown. That's what yeah. I was trying to say. And said, yeah, I'm going to go with that and apply it to some bonus. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you talking about? Exactly. So, and I said, it's like I would, the dude became famous for a bad take. That's yeah. like the worst way to become known. You know? the bu- Like they use buzzwords, right? Oh, force them right, force them left, like do all this. And it's just like, do you actually know what that means in a basketball context? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. We won't even talk about what, what King's media has been saying he, about King. And Keegan. even that, that kid in that podcast, he literally said the Kings have the worst stars in the playoffs oh like worse than minnesota worse than like like any oh other we have the worst two stars and bench in the playoffs which is just laughing those east coast kids man they they just mm. don't know any better they're going to bed too soon you know what i mean Back. joseph what's up you know i think that kid should stay in school and uh i think he's like the opposite of perneal he doesn't know shit about basketball. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, not to bring it back to Cousins, but do you remember the Jimmy Kimmel episode when they were reading the mean tweets and DeMarcus Cousins read one that said, uh, DeMarcus Cousins is an emotional lesbian? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes, I remember that. That shit was hilarious too, bro. Oh, and then, then uh, uh, wasn't it like Brittany Griner who said she could take him like one-on-one? And then I think yeah. Brittany yeah. I think her coach was like, nah. <laughs> nah, it was all all fun and games. Her and like Boogie got along during the 2016 Olympics, so it was oh, all for- people took it out of context, like completely out of context. But yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. So it has to happen. There you go. Kings need to win the chip, and Boogie's going to be invited to the parade. Yeah. As will the 2002 squad and Mitch Richmond. Liz is going to prison. Yeah. <laughs> for doing that dumb <laughs> shit <laughs> i think one center might burn down <laughs> oh, yeah. i think that's the way to end it yo um uh, you all i really appreciate you coming through peter i like how you come in the last five minutes good to see you man um 21 shades what's up i appreciate you retweeting anything i do and, and commenting on it i appreciate you thank you everybody for coming through sensible my goodness uh thanks for all the tweets and the activity, I appreciate it. You guys rock. Thank you to my co-hosts for Elizabeth and Naima. We are Beam Unit, and we are out of here. Light the beam. Light the beam. Go Kings. <laughs>